Heavenly Father, that we may see Jesus. Amen. I have uh, found that the world does a pretty good job of accommodating or at least trying to satiate uh, the greatest needs that we have in our life. And so for many of us, it may be that the prayers of our heart have been answered in Google. Uh, I, I go to Google uh, pretty much for everything, um, and, and you do too, whether you're trying to um, uh, internet stalk somebody, or uh, you'll Google somebody's name, or, or how-to, or whatever it is. Recently, uh, I came home with Lauren after uh, a great evening out together, and I found the remnants, uh, rather uh, the left behind, I don't even know what you would call it, but here was uh, the doorbell system in the hallway lying dead. And, uh, and in pieces, and so I gingerly picked it up and, uh, and said, oh, I'll just put it back together. And, uh, and of course, what did I do? I, I Googled it, how to fix doorbell. And of course, there it was. Uh, oftentimes, if I'm in charge of dinner, I will look up something like how to bake chicken. Now, that may seem terribly simple to some of you, but for somebody like me, Google not only tells me how to do things, it also serves as my memory. Right? I don't have to remember how to bake chicken because Google has remembered it for me. And Google is not just good at helpful hints, but pointing us to other things that might uh, satisfy our deepest longings. And one of the top trending things uh, this past week on Google, the bankruptcy of SkyMall. Remember SkyMall, the magazine that was better than some of the airline magazines that had the most ridiculous, frivolous stuff? But at 20,000 feet up, you're like, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. I, I need that knife set uh, that also trims the hedges. Well, there's not just a lot of how-to on the internet. Uh, there's plenty of advice. Uh, you would be surprised how often these following searches come up on Google. Did I marry the right person? How bad is a divorce? Why are my children crazy? Well, we laugh, uh, but there's some truth to all of this. In a world searching for answers in the deepest longings of our heart, uh, many of us will go to places, uh, even like Google, to help us cope with the difficulty of life and those pressing issues. Uh, but what strikes me, in light of what we hear in Mark's Gospel this morning, that in our search in the world for those answers, are we getting good advice or are we getting good news? Are we getting something that's helpful or are we getting something that's healing? This morning we hear Jesus say, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And that word gospel has been thrown around so much that it's easy for us to lose sight and be detached from its deeper meaning, the Greek word euangelion, which means good news, was a word that didn't have religious connotations attached to it in Jesus' day. In fact, it was a word that was spread throughout the annals of history that meant more than just good news. Like, hey, good news, I saved you a piece of cake. Or good news, somebody else is fixing the doorbell. Or uh, good news, the children are asleep when you get home, right? That's, that's 
That's great news, all of those things. Uh, but this word means something much more significant. It means that this news has changed history. So one place that it shows up in ancient history are, is the record of the battle at Marathon, where the Greeks had the showdown with the Persians. And although heavily outnumbered, the Athenians decided to attack because they were waiting on the Spartans and they were just late. Uh, and the Athenians attacked and ran the Persians back to their ships. And of course, the story of Thedipides running uh, from Mar ran the first marathon. And I just think it's curious that what happened to Thedipides after he ran a marathon? He died. Just think about that. Okay, so. <laughs> but when they finally had defeated the Persians sometime later, uh, Everybody who was under Persian servitude, all of those Greeks that had been placed under uh, slavery, these runners went out after the battle and said, you on Gelion, victory is Greece's. Victory belongs to Athens. The Ionian colonies are now free. That these people who were once slaves to the Persians now find that they are free men and women. And you can imagine when they heard this joyful noise that you're free. The burden that was lifted from their shoulders to know that they were no longer slaves of an enemy, but that they were free men and women able to do and to live life as was meant to be. Not just victory, but freedom. And so when Jesus uses this word, it causes people to turn and say, wait a minute, this is not just some good news or good advice or, hey, here I am, my name is Jesus. If you want to listen up, that's fine. But here I am, the word in the flesh, and what I have come to say to you and what I have come to do for you is history changing. It's earth shattering. And it will change your life. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God. And what is this good news? This good news that in Christ, God has made a way for forgiveness, for healing, for redemption, for salvation. What is it that you are looking up on Google? Not how to bake chicken. But those deeper issues those things that your heart, those things that your heart cries out for uh, when you feel stuck, when you can't get out of it. Those deeper issues like, did I marry the right person? How bad is a divorce? Are my children crazy? Am I crazy? And in Christ, God has made a way. That is the earth-shattering news that he has come near. And because the problem was so drastic, it required a drastic thing. If Google were only good enough, how wonderful and easy life might be. But we did not need advice or just a little bit of help. We needed good news, history-changing news, and healing in order to rescue us. It required God himself coming to us and dying for us, but being raised from the dead in order for the problem of life, the problem of sin, to be overcome. 
Jesus says, repent and believe. That work of the Holy Spirit in your life where all of a sudden your heart is oriented toward Jesus and you long to hear this message. And when you hear this good news, Jesus simply says, believe. Cling to it. Make it your own. Not, hey, get your act together and wait until you think you have it all figured out and then come to me and we'll talk. But wherever you happen to be in life, minding your own business, mending nets, simply walking along, or in the deepest, step, deepest depths of despair, Jesus says to all of us, repent and believe the good news. And when that message sinks down into your hearts and your eyes are opened to the change that has occurred in your life, that you are no longer under the yoke of slavery, but are free from sin and death in Jesus, you respond to him. It seems crazy that Jesus was walking along by the Sea of Galilee and he looks at Simon and Andrew and says, put down your nets and follow me. And immediately they leave. Or even stronger yet, walking by James and John, they not only put their nets down, but what? They leave their dad and the hired servants in the boat. You can imagine Zebedee. Like, hey, you think I got a mite tree out back that I can just shake and the money comes falling off? Or, or I mean, where do you think you're going? And yet, the call on their life from the lips of Jesus himself, is so strong, they cannot help but to put their nets down and walk away. Now this seems rather harsh. Leaving life as a fisherman behind, leaving one's family behind. Indeed, Jesus would go on to say in Luke's gospel, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Is Jesus saying that we ought to have enmity in our hearts toward our family? That we ought to really hate them? No. What Jesus is talking about is the priority of love for him in our lives. He says in the Sermon on the Mount, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That is, when God changes our hearts and we go seeking after him, he begins to order everything else in our life so that everything has its right place. Indeed, loving and following Jesus causes us to love our spouses more than we ever have, to love our children and our friends more than we could ever imagine. And it brings us to a place where we even love our enemies. This is an intense love, for it has changed the world. God did not pick the strongest and those with the best resume. We see here that he calls fishermen. Fishermen. I think it's very funny that Mark says, um, uh, and immediately they left their nets uh, and, and followed him. But he said before that, um, Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Just in case you thought they were stockbrokers. Uh, but they were fishermen. Uh, Mark lets us know that. Uh, and why does he let us know that? Because of the ridiculousness of it. 
that here were these men who were considered backwoods country bumpkins uh, that God calls to follow after him and God would use them in such a way that they would turn the world on its ear. And being fishermen, they would have known the intensity of fishing. When I was in high school, a good buddy of mine and I decided that we were going to go on a canoe trip and we wouldn't take any food along with us for the weekend, but that we would simply fish and that would be our meals. Uh, well, um, fishing can be rather hard. And uh, what we found is that after the first evening where we caught no fish, we thought, well, there's always tomorrow. And then for breakfast, uh, we caught no fish. And then for lunch, we caught uh, no fish. Uh, by dinner, we were doing everything in our power to catch the fish. We were praying. We had actually taken our clothes off and formed this big sort of catch net and walked through the water. There was nothing that would stop us from catching these fish. And that's why Jesus draws that parallel, that now I make you fishers of men, that like these fishermen who know what it's like to live off of your hands, off the sweat of your brow, that you will do everything in your power to catch those fish. And so the intensity of the love that has changed their heart, now they no longer fish for fish, but they fish for people, these simple fishermen. And so this morning, we hear this message of good news, earth-shattering, life-changing news that Jesus says, simply repent and believe. Simply believe on me. And in changing our hearts, God makes us fisher of men and women. So this morning, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Amen.